best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, we are going to be talking about how to travel like a pro. I am traveling for the first time in a long time, the first two weeks of May, just an extended trip to Seattle. I'm very excited. And as I pack up, I'm reminded of like that one time when I spent more time traveling than I did in my own house. It was wild. So I know a thing or two and I'll share with you guys on how you can make any travel experience a better experience. I also asked you guys what your must-have travel tips are and of course I will be sharing those on the pod. First, as always, mental health check. Rate between one and five, one being horrible, five being amazing. I am feeling still at about a four this week. Nothing really new to report. I am getting the house in order. So like when I travel, just before we even jump into the the meat of the episode, I'll give you a bonus travel tip. Clean your house before you leave. I'm doing a deep clean of my house so that when I get home, everything is fresh. I don't want a dirty bathroom. I don't want my sheets to not have been washed. I want everything to be pristine. So when I get home, I can just relax. So that's what I'm spending my week doing. I got all my client work done early. And yeah, I'm just just chugging along. I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty excited to travel actually, which is a weird thing to say and it's kind of a weird place to be but you know we'll see how it goes let's check in with you my friend how have you been do you have any little anxieties banging around in your head or is it smooth sailing for you anything and everything is okay there is no correct way to be just remember that and always check in with yourself if you forget this is your reminder Let's get into the book, TV show, or movie of the week. I read True Biz by Sarah Novich. It's about a deaf boarding school. Focuses on three people, two students and a teacher. The two students are both deaf. One has a cochlear implant, one does not. And the teacher, actually the headmistress, is hearing, but she was raised by a deaf family, so she is fluent in American Sign Language. This book was amazing. It was amazing. It is such a good coming of age story. And I am someone who just flat out was ignorant about deaf culture. I knew deaf culture existed, but I didn't know kind of to what level. And this book talks about how cochlear implants are like good and bad, right? Because they, they're they not perfect. It doesn't sound like speech sounds to you and I. And it can also be very, very painful. They can malfunction and they kind of remove the person with the implant at times from the deaf culture. I didn't know this. I didn't know this at all. But I quickly became very invested in these characters. I especially liked how the author put these little like mini chapters in there with sign language tutorials and thought provoking questions, kind of like conversation starters about kind of the things that you're you're learning about as you keep going and don't think that it's like okay so that's a kid's book no not at all I think that this is a perfect book for any age particularly people who want to know about deaf culture 
I also recommend to anyone who likes realistic fiction, anyone who likes coming-of-age stories, I think this was an awesome, awesome book. And I got it, if you're curious, I got it from my Book of the Month subscription. And when I read the, the description, I was like, you know, this might be good, but like, let's see, you know, let's just get it. What the hell? And I was pleasantly surprised. So I would highly recommend just give it a try. I will say that it took me probably 50 to 80 pages to really become invested. And then it became really, really hard to put down. I was reading well into the night and reading when I should have been working. So really good. I will say 4.5 stars out of 5 just simply because it took a little bit for me to get into it. So without further ado, let's get into these travel tips. I don't know about you, but getting ready to go anywhere is so weird for me because I have pretty much stayed in my house more or less for the last two years. And now I'm like venturing out again, I'm getting my nails done again, and now I'm about to get on a plane again. Super weird, don't know how I feel about it yet, but I do have some really good travel tips from my years of travel. Number one travel tip that will benefit you no matter how long or short your trip is, is to be patient. There will be delays. Freaking out about them will not make them resolve themselves. And... If you have to speak to like an airline agent or someone at your hotel, whatever, being nice to them, you'll probably get what you want. This is something that I don't think people realize. It seems like people think you have to be hyper aggressive to get what you want out of someone. And genuinely, all you have to do is be nice. And you might not always get what you want. You know, life isn't always fair. It doesn't always go your way. But, I mean, just be nice to someone and they're far more likely to help you. And you're more likely to be nice to someone if you're just patient. Number two, and you're going to like roll your eyes at me, like figuratively. But this is coming from someone, moi, who has taken a couple tours of Europe, both over a month long. One was four weeks and one was six weeks. So, trust me when I tell you this, it sounds dumb but pack light. I took those really long trips with only a backpack and a carry-on suitcase. And you're like, um, did you not wash your clothes? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because the beauty of it is that you're just going to another part of the world. They have washing machines. You know, you can wash your clothes. You can go to a laundromat. Sometimes hotels have washers and dryers. Sometimes hotels have laundry service. Depending on your budget, you can get your clothes washed anywhere. So don't, um, don't pack like crazy. Don't pack like you have to wear a different outfit every day for the six weeks because you don't. I also think that it's really important to have all of your essentials in your personal item, which for me is a backpack. Headphones, laptop, medicine, all of that in the backpack. Because sometimes... When you're getting on those tiny little Embraer planes, they're like, ooh, overhead bins are full. We need you to gate check your bag. And then what if they accidentally lose your suitcase or it gets misplaced or whatever? At least you have all of your essentials and you're just like, okay, well, I don't have clothes, but it's fine. I can go to a store. I can get a shirt. It's fine. Number three, if you like to read, <laughs> trust me and get a Kindle. I, I get it. I really am a physical book purist. I love reading physical books. However, 
Kindles are kind of elite. I gotta, I'm sorry to say. Kindles are amazing. Nooks, e-readers, whatever you want. I personally use a Kindle. I love that little thing. Mine is a paper white. It was like 60 bucks on a Black Friday sale or something. And it is so much better to carry this tiny little thing that is about the weight of a cell phone instead of three thick hardcover books. I've traveled with books. It freaking sucks. It sucks so much for a couple of reasons. First of all, remember that you will be lugging this thing behind you or on your back for your entire trip. So if you're going on a trip with many stops, um, a lending library in your backpack is not the move. I promise you this. The Kindle is so convenient, takes up so much less space. You are not giving yourself scoliosis by trying to carry all of your books. You just download the books onto your Kindle. And I know I've said this before, but a lot of libraries actually do e-reader lending. My library does. It's a, an app called Libby. And you can download a lot of their books to your Kindle for the duration of your, your borrow. And it's so nice, so nice. I also use Kindle Unlimited, which gives me a lot of free books. And I will never travel with a book again. I'm sorry to tell you. I love, again, I love physical books. But the fact that it's so much lighter and it has a backlight so I don't have to blind the person sitting next to me. Trust me, Kindle, save the space, save your back. Number four, seems obvious. A lot of people apparently don't do this. Always pack headphones. Always, 100% of the time. I would recommend noise-canceling headphones if possible. I have two pairs of noise-canceling headphones. I have the AirPods, the Apple AirPods, which are pretty good, but they kind of hurt after a while and just are not always great because, especially on a plane, if I'm taking off my sweatshirt or putting on a sweatshirt, I can't tell you how many times I've dropped the stupid AirPod. So I also have the, the pair that I'm wearing now. I actually got for podcasting, but I will 100% be bringing it on my flight. They're Bose QC700 or something. They're expensive, like don't get me wrong. However, do not sleep on refurbished headphones. I got these refurbished and they were like half of the price. So expensive still, yes. Worth the investment, 100%. I also think that having headphones that can be wired is also very helpful, especially for long haul flights. Long haul flights always have the little screens where you can watch movies and like airplane staff will give you headphones to use, but they're not always great. Like, let's be honest, they're free headphones. They're not going to be amazing quality. So if you have headphones that can be wired, I would bring those too. But I also love a good... Bluetooth headphone, which is why I like these Bose ones that I have, because it can be both. Really nice. And the battery is super, super long. I have yet to have them die, and I've charged them one time. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. But always pack headphones. Do not, please, for the love of God, do not be the person in the airport who is playing their music as loud as freaking possible at 5.30 in the morning. No one wants to hear your music. 
okay? Just put on headphones like the rest of us or face my wrath. <laughs> okay, number five, number five, eat like a local. I know I've said this before. I think the best way to experience a culture is through the food, in my opinion. I have traveled all over the world and I have eaten all over the world. I've eaten some weird stuff, weirdness. Um, I think the weirdest thing that I can think of that I know of that I've eaten is cow heart. Did not like it. Didn't like it, but I tried it. And that's what's most important is to try new things. Don't be the person that goes to the McDonald's every day when you're traveling internationally. It's, it's not a good look. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I know from experience. So when we went to Paris, we were in Paris for, I think, four days. We did a ton of sightseeing. We tried Parisian food and we tried it like on the first day. Did not like it. It was not for us. They had like clams and cream sauce and that was just not, it was not the move for me. And I just remember my husband ordered fish and they brought the fish that had been baked, still had the head and the scales. So literally nothing had been done to this fish besides killing it and putting it on a plate. You know what I mean? So that for me just wasn't it. So we fortunately or unfortunately were right across the street from a McDonald's, our hotel was. And so we ate there a lot. We ate there a lot. We did try some more Parisian food, but I I wish that we had kind of stuck to like, we're going to find something that we like. There are hundreds, if not thousands of restaurants here. I'm sure Paris has good food for us, you know? So that is something that I kind of regret that we did. Something that uh, we did in Mexico was we took a food tour. And this tour is by like a tour company. And they'll pick you up at your hotel and take you to three different restaurants. And they're all like little local hole-in-the-wall places. They'll tell you like, this is what you should get. Or they'll have a set menu and they'll just bring you food and you try it. We tried crickets. We tried all sorts of stuff. Actually, crickets, not bad. If you think about the fact that you're eating bugs, weird. But the flavor itself and the texture, actually pretty good. Pretty good. I could get behind it. So I highly recommend eating like a local when you can. Now, in India, for example, we were specifically told by a local that we should not eat the street food, which is so very sad because it smelled and looked so good. But our fragile little American immune systems simply would not have been able to handle the potential bacteria. And honestly, I'm grateful for the warning. Same with water in certain places. You can't drink tap water in certain places. And in my opinion, a good rule of thumb is if you can't drink the tap water, be wary of the street food. And my final travel tip that makes all of my travel much smoother is don't pack your days with activities. Take some time to relax. I, I like to do stuff when I go places. I don't love to just be in the hotel, but I don't love to be doing something every single day. I am still an introvert. I still need time to just recharge. So find out what cadence kind of works for you. I think for me, every other day or every two days, plan an activity. And I think the cadence depends on the intensity 
So if the activity is a full day activity, maybe every two days, you know, do something on a Monday and something on a Thursday. But if it's like a little half day or a couple hours, do something one day and take a rest day. Do something the next day, take a rest day. Do not just sway from one, one end to the other. There have been weeks when we were on that tour of Europe for my husband's work where we were going nonstop and did not book any days for rest. We had one rest day and we ended up actually doing like a tour that day. And by the time we got home, I was just exhausted. So do stuff, <laughs> but know your limits is what I'm trying to say. So I asked you guys for your travel tips and I got a couple. So I will, I will share them with you. First one, pack headphones. Completely agree. Already touched on it. Don't be that guy. Okay. Number two, do not look like a tourist, especially in sketchy areas. This, I think, is very important and something that we as, as tourists often overlook. If you're in an area that is known for pickpockets, for example, being the person walking around with the giant map and the fanny pack and the camera around your neck, that makes you a target. Sorry to say, but it's true. So just kind of act like you've been there. If you have to go through what is what appears to be a sketchy area, act like you've been there. Put the maps on your phone. You can download maps and just like carry on. Use common sense, I think. Number three, TSA PreCheck is a game changer. I could not agree more. I freaking love TSA PreCheck. We have all been to the airport. You have to go through security. And if you don't have PreCheck, you have to take off your shoes, take off your belt, take out all of your liquids, take out your laptop and your phone and blah, 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 do the whole thing. And then when you finally go through the x-ray machine to the other side, you have to essentially repack your entire bag. Pain. Pain and pain. Okay. Pre-check, you put your bag on the belt, you walk through the x-ray thingy, pick up your bag on the other side. I got pre-check when I got global entry. Global entry, I believe, is $100. And actually now I don't think you need it because a lot of places when you're coming back into the U.S. have the mobile passport line and you don't have to do the whole thing. So with global entry and pre-check, you do need to be interviewed. You have to like for me, I had to go to the airport and go to the TSA office and be interviewed and watch this like training video kind of thing. And it felt like very stressful, <laughs> to be honest, but I loved it. Now you can get pre-check by itself. You do still have to apply for it, but I, if you're traveling often, if you travel with kids, if you travel with a lot of electronics in your bags, I highly recommend it. It is worth it. It is worth every penny to me. Number four for your travel tips. Break out of your comfort zone and keep an open mind. So true. I think I'm guilty of this. I'm like a very anxious person and I don't want to do something that gives me anxiety. But I think that if I kind of let go of those anxieties and just experience the culture that I'm in, do things I wouldn't normally do, I will have a much fuller experience. And keeping an open mind is especially important because I think that Americans kind of get this stereotype of we think that our way is the best way. 
and that might be your opinion and that's perfectly fine for that to be your opinion but the fact is that our way is not everyone's way you know and it's very important to respect other people's cultures for example when we were in india it was frowned upon for women to wear revealing clothing so i wore long skirts i wore tank tops and then like a a scarf or a shawl over my shoulders because that's respectful and if I were to go into a holy building I would cover my hair because that's respectful it's not no one's trying to like encroach on on your personal rights this is only about respecting the culture that you are visiting you're the visitor you have to be respectful it's the same as if you go to someone's house and they're like hey can you take off your shoes at the door and you're like yeah of course no problem So why would you not do something like that when it's someone's whole culture? You know what I mean? And just because it's different does not mean that it's bad. You do still have to respect it, okay? Number five, and this is something I had never heard of and will definitely be doing. If you have to check a bag, mark it as fragile. It'll be loaded on top and will likely be one of the first ones on the belt in baggage claim. I had never heard of this and I do have to check a bag when we go to Seattle. I never check a bag because it's just like a whole thing. You have to go like check it and then get your little ticket and then you have to wait in baggage claim for 20 minutes and normally with my carry-on, I would already be in an Uber or whatever. But I have to check a bag this time because I'm bringing some stuff that is needed for my husband's work and like it is what it is. It's fine. But I'm thinking like, okay, so if I mark it as fragile, they probably won't throw the thing And I won't get it back with like ripped off zippers and stuff, which I have gotten bags back like that. It's pretty intense. And it'll be one of the first ones out on the belt. I I will try this and I will report back. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to work. I also don't know how to mark a bag as fragile. Do I need like special markers? I don't know. I'll ask the people at the desk maybe or call United. But I'm definitely, definitely wanting to try this because... The worst thing is when you get your bag from baggage claim and like your shampoo is exploded or the things that were fragile in there that you didn't obviously didn't mark as fragile are now broken. It's like a whole situation. I'm feeling kind of (laughs) jazzed to travel after after this episode. I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna like it. I think I'm gonna like it. I'm looking forward to just kind of a change in scenery. It's been a while since I've seen anything except for like Houston. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to trying some of your tips, particularly the baggage one. That's very intriguing to me. Question, if you could go anywhere right now, where would you go? I think for me, where would I go right now? Uh, Right now I like have like a taste for adventure which is very unlike me and I think is probably just a passing whim, honestly. But if I could go anywhere in the world right now, I would go to Antarctica because it's the last continent for me. It's kind of on my my bucket list to go to all seven continents and Antarctica is the last one. So that's what I would do. Usually, based on, like, my research, I think you take a cruise there, like, from South America, and you can view, like, emperor penguin colonies, you can go 
hiking and climbing and all sorts of stuff. I don't know if I want to do the hiking and climbing. I'm not like a hiking and climbing kind of gal. But part of me is like, when am I ever going to do this again? You know? So I would probably do this stuff. I might complain about it the whole way. But yeah. So tell me on Instagram what where you would want to go if you can go anywhere right now. Because it seems like we're kind of all getting back in the groove and back in the in the travel spirit, as it were. So <laughs> on that note, we are about at the end of our time together this week. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify, both preferred, but either is fine. To stay up to date with future episodes and even participate in episodes like this one, follow the podcast on Instagram at You're So Quiet Pod, Y-O-U-R-E, So Quiet Pod. That's all for now. Okay, love you. Bye. Thank you.